This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. And walk us through the value proposition. I know a big part of it is um, helping with renewals and re- reducing delinquency. Uh, can you sort of define the two terms for us and, and give a property management 101 on the importance of these two variables? So when you look at what a property does, is it need to put very plainly heads and beds, <laughs> old hospitality term, and they need to collect the rent. And of course, there's maintenance to the building. But all of those things are reliant on the resident making a decision to do that, right? Resident has to decide to be able to move in. They do have to decide to pay the rent. They got to, you know, either set it up for automatic payments or or, or, um, deposit uh, that money. And so when the resident decides to be able to do those things, it makes it a lot easier to be a property manager. So delinquency is when a resident has chosen not to pay or cannot pay. And that's reflected in a percentage of overall uh, rent. So you talk about it as what the delinquency rates are, might be 3%, 4%, national average right now is a little over 4%. During the pandemic, it was higher. If you start going over those amounts, it means you haven't collected the money. So like any business, if you don't collect the money, you don't do so well. So, but if you can influence the decision of the renter to be able to make a payment on time, your business does better. And that's what we do really well. Uh, renewals are at the end of the lease. So you're coming up 90 days, you should get a notice that says, you know, it's time to be able to renew and you have to go down to the leasing office and you sign something. It's actually a relatively cumbersome process. It's something that's gonna be very legal. We make that a rewarding process by giving cash back to incentivize the resident to renew. And when they renew, they get another 12 month lease, right? Or 18 month lease or 24 month lease, depending on what the, the building offers. And then they can stay uh, stay longer. Now there's some friction in that renewal time. Cause a lot of times the price goes up. So uh, kind of think about it as, you know, signing up for Netflix and at the end of the year, your Netflix just went up. You may decide, do I really need this Netflix again? With rent, you still need somewhere to live, but you might start browsing somewhere else and be like, I might be able to find something cheaper. And how a tenant feels about the property is also a factor. You gave the example of Netflix and yes, you know, there is Netflix and I might be annoyed by Netflix although most people aren't, right? There might be other platforms that have other titles, but generally speaking, Netflix is the leader. There aren't many alternatives. When it comes to rent, a lot of things can impact the resident experience. And sometimes it might just be they don't feel valued. They just feel like they're another number. And to deliver a personalized experience and touch, is a real challenge for property managers. It's not just about how much does it cost? And it's not even about what the community is like. It's about, do I feel valued? A lot of people will move out in spite because they, they've been, they feel like they're being, you know, cheated or cheated by the property manager when they move out because of the expenses or, or, you know, they just don't feel valued. Could you talk to us about how to create an engaging uh, one-to-one experience? Think about everything that we're doing, how being a consumer is right now. In most situations, you're very empowered, right? People give you a lot of tools to be able to help you make decisions. Uh, I get a search on Google, I'll be able to look at a lot of alternatives. There's a lot of services that are put onto uh, buying that help you in that process. And there's peers you can turn to, like in social media and be able to ask questions and whatnot. 
renting hasn't really moved into that empowered state. It is very much of here's the box that you're getting and then maybe they'll put amenities on it and, and this sort of thing as well, but it's kind of left to you and you don't feel like there's anybody there to assist you or empower you in that decision. At the same time, so if you've had this experience where you've spent most of like 30%, 25 to 35% of your take home income that entire year on this product that you don't feel valued in, and then something across the street, you see a sign that says one month free. Well, that's a pretty good thing to be able to be like, well, maybe I should move over there. It's cheaper. So it's forcing you into these transactional decisions. It's not forcing you into something where you really feel valued. And what we try to be able to do is we try to be able to get before that moment and say, we really value you. It's the power of thank you a lot of the times. Thank you for being here. We want to be able to offer you something for, for being here. Um, and that just is a nudge, right? Sometimes we just need a little nudge or a little thank you to be able to, to say like, yeah, actually, I like this brand, this product, this company, this neighborhood, this rental, and I'm gonna be able to stay. But if nobody ever does that for you and you just get this legalese pushed under your door that says uh, your renewal notice is coming up, you probably don't feel a, a, as valued as you are in these other decisions that you're making to, to buy product everywhere else. And how, how have you guys um, reached consumers through property managers. Um, I know you can maybe talk a bit about the profiling you've done and giving people you know, gifts when they move in. Yeah, it's really interesting. So property managers get in their property management software, email, phone number, maybe they should have the amount that the, the rent is, but they don't have too much more about who that, that human is, right? this person who's moving in. They just have this very basic information. So one of the first things is we just ask. Um, and it's amazing, like any conversation, if you learn about somebody, you're able to have a further conversation, right? So if we learn that they have a pet, people love talking about their pets, we give them a, a Chewy gift card for their pet. Uh, it's something I, I learned working with Chewy, that if you can bond with somebody on their pets, you're you're in, <laughs> right? Uh, if you talk to me about our cat, like you're, you're in, you know, there's always that, you know, if somebody has a dog, it's gonna be it. So we learn a little bit about that renter when they first move in and we offer a little thank you, welcome gift. If you've ever been in a hotel that just uh, leaves you something really nice, you, you remember it. And there's been really incredible studies on this in the hospitality industry of just if somebody remembers your name, how much more you value that hotel. So it's little things like that. The next kind of knockdown thing that happens is that, I'm not sure if you've done this, but I certainly have. When you go into, I don't know, Macy's or you're online and somebody asks for the email address and you're like, well, here's the spam email address I never want to hear from you, but I got to put this in. Well, renters do that as well. So it means that you kind of get this like really bad database, right? Because people put in the wrong email address. But once you're offering a gift, you're offering cash back, people suddenly put in the right email address that they actually <laughs> read. So we've noticed this increase in what we call contactability. So uh, usually about 70% contactability, which means that the property can only reach maybe 70% of their residents, really. And we're able to get that up over the 90% mark. So people actually go, I want to hear from you now, and I'm not giving you my spam email address that I never check anymore. I mean, I have two of them that I use um, for all the things that ask me online. But you know, the one that I really give to a friend is the right one. And that's what we hope that people are giving to us now. It just seems so obvious for me coming from the tech industry, when I entered real estate, I was, I was horrified at how, how rigid and formulaic things are. You, you take a rent roll, for example, and firstly, it's scary. You know, you, you could be looking at a property and you liberally get this rent roll with contact details of people. And you're like, wow, they're passing so long to 20 different firms. This system that needs to be on the blockchain or something that needs to be, you know, very carefully handled. But also, it's just 
a bunch of people ignore a lot of things on there. And you get very, you get a lot of uh, variability between red rolls. Sometimes you'll have you know occupation level data. Sometimes you know you'll have a lot of things missing. But ultimately, it's just a formula. People look at it. What's the average rent? Can we increase the average rent if we buy this place and done? And it's really refreshing to to look at that tenant base not as um, levers to increase your rent, but as humans that live and call this place home and connecting with them one on one. It's all the language we use, right? Like doors. So the, the, in the multifamily, yeah. how many doors are in that place? It's like a human lives behind that door. Can, and so I always joke, and, and especially in, um, if you say to anybody else, I'm like, oh, we would do work in multifamily and single family. And so whenever I translate this to, you know, the kind of classic, can you translate it to your parents? So I'll say, it's a building and a house. You know, like that a lot of times the language is so abstracted from the human reality that I think that, and that's important from an accounting level, I get it. You have to be able to make these payments as literally, you know, tens of thousands that you may be dealing with. But at the end of the day, this is what tech has done well. And certainly if you think about Amazon, one of the largest businesses in the world has been able to figure out how to personalize and still get to know the individual of what they buy and their habits. The home was probably one of the most important things. So just getting some of the basics right. First, do we have the right email address? Second, can we learn a little something about them that's important? Remembering a pet's birthday can be a big one. Just send something on the, the pet's, pet's birthday. birthday. Not even the tenant's birthday. We do pet's birthday. The reason why we do pet's birthday rather than tenant's birthday is that um, we found that with the tenant's birthday, it can feel a little creepy, but pets, people are totally um, on board on. Uh -huh. I, I always joke about this. I could see the life insurance person who sends me the like the happy birthday card always feels a little weird. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, keep on going, you know, not quite on the actuarial table yet, you know. Um, so it, I like the pet side of it or something else that may matter to them. So we do the Chewy gift card, we do a DoorDash gift card. We've even done Upwork gift cards to be able to help people who are working from home. And you just learn something cool, like, oh, you're working from home. Now I know something about you. You're not traveling to work, right? And it's a place to be able to start that next conversation. But each month they're getting cash back, and then we really try to figure what they're saving for. Uh, are they saving for a home? Are they saving for the next car? Are they saving just for a rainy day? Um, and being able to learn about that is probably the biggest thing, because now I know what their aspirations are, and I can help them get there.